for the very qualities we render impossible. We laugh at honor, integrity, and truth, and are shocked when we find traitors in our midst. We remove the organ and demand the function. We castrate and then bid the geldings be fruitful. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. We discover something essential about our hearts on the journey to understand our own story. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be? Today on the Men of the Movies podcast, We've got a special treat for you. It is a 2014 movie with John Favreau, Dustin Hoffman, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, John Leguizamo, Sofia Vergara, and I hope you're hungry. We're being reviewed by the most important critic in the city. Now suddenly you're going to be an artist. Well, be an artist on your own time. It's my restaurant. The kitchen is my domain. That was our deal. The deal has now changed. Either you stay or you go. Do you threaten to fire me now? No, I'm telling you what I'm prepared to do if you don't cook my menu. You're never going to be happy cooking for someone else. Food truck's a great idea. We're talking about a white-on-white, 88 Chevy Grumman food truck. It's a blank canvas for your dreams. I'm going to have him pull it around. Thank you. Don't thank me till you see it. I get to touch people's lives with what I do, and I love it. And I want to share this with you. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name's Paul McDonald, and on the line is Britt. What's up, everybody? Merry Christmas. It's we're between Christmas and New Year's. So, yes. Uh, it seems fitting to do a, a big uh, a movie about food yeah. and preparation. And when you brought this movie up and you, you suggested it, I had never heard of this movie. But when I brought it up to some other people, my brother and one of my other friends, and said, hey, we're going to do this. They're like, oh, my gosh, I love Chef. It's amazing. And I, like I said, I had never heard of it. Yeah, it happens to me all the time where I say, you should watch chef or this is a great movie. And someone will invariably say, I've never even heard of that movie. And I'm like, well, just wait for it to come on Amazon prime or Netflix. Cause it it's comes on these streaming services now. And then it's on Netflix right now, by the way, I think whenever this episode airs, I think it'll still be on Netflix, but I tell people about it. And every time, they watch it and come back to me and they're with eyes wide and they go, dude, that was the best movie. And I said, I'm telling you, I, I, it's, it, we just took a chance on it one night. I had never heard of it either. And we took a chance on it one night, my, my wife and I, and I, I think I was crying at the end. I might've been crying at the end. I, it was just one of those movies that really moved me. And I just loved it as a story and, and as a production. And I just think it, they did a great job. And that's what we do here. We say, Hey, this movie, choked me up it made me cry why why did they do this what is what is it about it and for me i'm excited because this is our first new podcast or our first podcast of the new year of 2021 many people are very glad to get 2020 behind us and i look at this movie and it's about new beginnings good and, and we're gonna dig into these scenes and, and there's a lot of people out here that 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 
want new beginnings or looking forward to new beginnings. And for me, you know, um, I always, with any big event, you know, whether it's a big vacation or a new year or, you know, it could be for the school year, I've prayed, you know, I've made it a practice to pray and ask God for these advanced words. God, what do you, what do you have? What do you, you know, you know, what's about to happen. I don't, what do I need to know? Yeah, good. And so for, for, for me, as we're going into this, and if you watch the movie and I recommend you do, it is on Netflix. Uh, at least it was when I watched it and uh, <laughs> watch it and, and just see what, what, what God is, is arising in you because a lot of this is, you know, one is he reaches these, this crossroads point and then basically goes from there and, and follows, you know, in our, in our, uh, what do we call it? The, in our non-literal interpretation of gospel, we layer over the movies. He follows God into something new. Yeah. And I think that for this, you know, and I'm going to ask you this question is, you know, we, we ask, why do we pick this movie? And one piece of this is with us, a lot of guys, a lot of men, especially they're like, Oh, I'm not a creative type. But a lot of times I think our creativity is very easily expressed through food. You know, they may not be creative, but they're grill masters, you know? And I think that the, what makes food so uh, inviting is it engages all five of our senses. You know, it looks good. It better feel good. You know, you don't want the slimy Turkey in the fridge. <laughs> You know, it smells great. It looks great. Tastes great. All that's it engages all five senses. And I think that that's a way that, that, you know, as we were talking before, God uses food to invite us uh, into things in, in the Bible. Yeah. So just about the movie and the whole new beginnings thing, I think you're right. This is a great movie to start out uh, 2021 with because as the movie is going to show us, it, it's important for us to take time and to have moments in our life, whether that's New Year's Day or not, no matter when it is. I mean, for <laughs> us, sometimes for me, it's when we go to the cabin over spring break. A lot of times we go to the, our family cabin in the mountains in North Carolina, and it's just a peaceful time. And there's no interruptions. There's no Internet. I think there's a phone. There's no cable TV. Oh, nice. But my wife and I can just unplug from the world because a lot of what I do is plugged into the world, right? I mean, a lot of what I do on the internet and everything and Facebook and teaching and all the stuff that I do is really plugged into the world. But just having that time where we can unplug and start asking the questions, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we happy? Are we content? Are we, uh, let's, let's ask God, let's talk about it. And just having those, have those moments in our life, whether that's New Year's or not, it's kind of a natural thing for people because we have that those holidays and we can kind of reset or whatever. But I think that's an important part of this movie too, is that, is that he, he gets to kind of do a reset and not in the way he would have wanted. Um, but as far as, as the food goes, um, you know, food is something that is tied into the whole gospel story. Hmm. There is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There is the tree of life. Uh, and what do you partake in? Like they literally had to eat from that tree. <laughs> they had to take a bite of that fruit uh, in order to, to sin for death and to enter the world and all of this stuff. And so, so food is tied into the whole story. And, and in the old Testament, there's clean and unclean foods. And by the time we get to Jesus, the religious leaders 
had come to the point where they were like, you can't even eat with someone who is unclean, a Gentile or someone who's not a Jew, someone who's not following these rules. You can't even eat with them, which is not necessarily true from the Old Testament, by the way. Uh, when they were big feasts, I don't know if many people know this, but when they were big feasts in the Old Testament, you were supposed to invite strangers into your home, yeah. even if they were Gentiles. You were supposed to invite these people into your home. Now, there's a cleanliness and things in the uh, in the Old Testament, but all that to say is so when Jesus comes onto the scene and he's going out and he's eating with sinners, what he's literally doing is he's he's showing a community oneness. He's inviting them into the story through food. And I don't know about you, man. I, I, my first date with my wife, we had food. You, you know what I mean? Like food. It's <laughs> a like pretty safe they're, bet. They're, <laughs> right? I mean, there's so much of our lives revolve around food. When we get together with, with family, right? an expression of who we are mm-hmm. is what food we are going, we're going to have. You talked about nachos with your, you know, yeah. with your in-laws and, 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 and there's tradition, there's culture, there's all kinds of things that are expressed through food. And I know for, there's nostalgia in it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when I think of Christmases, when I was a kid, it was, I mean, the cookies that we had every year and all that kind of stuff. And, and of course, so food, food really is a huge part of who we are and a very easy way to invite people in to our lives. Just ask them to come over for dinner, ask them to let's go, let's go have dinner. Let's go, let's hang out. Let's have a party. And um, by the way, just as an aside, something that I've been really thinking a lot about in the last few months and God impresses us on me uh, several times, but you know, Jesus talks about the kingdom as a party and inviting yeah. people to the party. And I think sometimes we don't do that as Christians very well. I don't think we invite people to a party and this movie kind of, it, I don't know if you felt this, but it kind of invites you into the party. Yeah. Like he's having fun when he starts getting into his passion, it kind of invites people into the party. Um, and, and I felt invited into it. I felt excited about food, you know, even though I'm, definitely not a great cook. Um, but you feel that. So, so I think you're right. I think food is so engaging. And even if food isn't what we're creative with, even if that isn't our outlet for creativity, all people can be creative with something. Right. And, 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 and I think that's, uh, that's another one of those universal things that this movie kind of connects with. While we may not be able to express the creativity in food, all of us, will definitely enjoy and appreciate someone else's creativity with food. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, I remember we ate at this place down, um, down in the North Carolina near the outer banks. And I remember it was so good. And my wife and I were having such a great time. And I was like, I never want to eat any place else ever again. <laughs> and right. I mean, that's, that's sort of that, that nostalgia piece of it. Right. And I think when when you talk about how food is so frequently used in the Bible, and then you get to Jesus, and what does he do? He says, I am the bread of life. Very good. And then the night before his crucifixion, and you have communion, yeah. where he says, "This take this bread and eat, take this wine and eat. And we don't even, you know, you talked about inviting people in, and I think it's interesting you talked about inviting people to a party when there's a party at the very end of the movie. Yeah. That oh, is, oh, good. Yeah, I mean, sure. it, it's very fitting, and we'll get to that. But this idea that Jesus is inviting us Himself, yeah, and it's like when you eat, you're eating with me. When you drink, you're drinking with me. 
and this idea of, of taking in his presence, of being in his presence constantly, I think it, it's, you know, when we eat, we infuse things yeah. and we draw nutrients. Very good. You, you are what you eat, they say, right? <laughs> right. Well, right now I'm a lot of uh, grease and fat and uh, cookies. Lots of Christmas right. cookies this year. A lot of cookies. <laughs> going to do this quickly because it's really deep. But just think about it, that that the curse was be, was begun with eating something. And Jesus comes back and says, now you have to eat me, like eat my presence, eat my flesh, eat, drink my blood, which offended the Jews of his right. day. But if you think about it, like you're saying, like they had to partake of something for the curse to happen. They had to choose it, partake of it. And now Jesus is saying, now you can choose me and partake of me. Um, and I think it's a beautiful kind of circle back to those sort of ideas. I think that's beautiful. So we're fans of food here. We're fans of this movie. <laughs> so let's start. Most people are, <laughs> yeah. right? So, you know, let's start talking about it. You you get this, the, the movie is set. Uh, John Favreau plays uh, Casper, who's the chef. And he is a uh, well-known, he is an amazing chef. That is never debated at any point. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he runs his kitchen and, but what you see in, in this first, probably half an hour, 45 minutes of the movie is a guy who's chasing things down. He's striving, you know, they're getting ready. They want to provide their, the, the, this big critic is coming in and, and they want to impress the critic and they have creative differences. He's the chef. So he wants to create this whole new menu specifically for, to wow the critic and the boss, the owner of the restaurant comes in and he says, Hey, no, you're going to cook this. And I thought it was actually a really good thing. You know, you go to a Rolling Stones concert, Mick Jagger, better play satisfaction. Yeah, great line. And I think, man, I think that a lot of us get stuck with that. They're like, I can't try anything new. I need to do the old standbys. Sure. I need to, because that's what's expected. That's what I think people want. And if I don't, then other, you know, it, we, we fall into the danger of the shoulds. I should do this. I should do this because of what other people expect, because of that's what I'm supposed to do. A lot of shoulds there. But what he's really being called to is to experiment yeah. and to be creative. And that's where, you know, the, the struggle is, is he's, cre he's creating something that somebody else wants him to create and not what's on his heart. Yeah, and the very first scene, which is a great first scene, is John and his son, or Casper and his son, Percy. Like, that's where the movie starts. And I think that's a perfect thing because that that is kind of the core relationship of the movie. And their chemistry as actors, you know, John and the kid, I don't know the kid's act, the actor's name, but their chemistry is amazing. And... And it, it flows really well, but you even see that longing within the first scene of the kids saying, I just want to come with you. And, and Casper's like, I'm really busy. I can't do that. I am really busy. You can't, you can't. And, and you're right. He's chasing this other idea of success that, yeah. you know, most chefs, like I would, uh, I would assume would agree with, right. You're in a big restaurant, line out the door everyone's here. You got a critic coming to see you. Like he's got the dream job in a lot of ways. And yet, as we see, he's really not happy. 
And, and we see that he's not happy. We see that he's not really content in it. And, uh, and, and it's not just that he's not able to experiment. It's just, he's not able to be who he was called to be. Some people love to sing satisfaction every night, you know, I mean, whatever, <laughs> you know, Don, Don, I saw an interview with Don Henley of the Eagles one time. And he said, he said, I'm really lucky. I love singing the same songs every night. He's I, I could sing them the rest of my life, you know, yeah. um, but different people are different for, and have different gifts and have different things that they need to do or want to do that make them, that make them come alive kind of thing. And, and, and that's what we see as we see that through all this stuff, he's, he's not in the perfect position for him. He's not in the right position for him. And, and I think what, what we start to see is that he's, um, is that since food is so communal, he's actually separated hmm. from his community. Does that make sense? Like he's actually, because he's not content with food, with what he's doing with food, like he's actually separated from his wife, you know, he's divorced. He's, he's only, he only gets to see his son every other weekend. I mean, all that sort of stuff. And so you see this disconnect in him. And, and I think you've got that clip where he ends up talking with Molly because he gets in trouble. The critic gives him a bad, right. Gives him a bad review. Um, and it's played by Oliver Platt, who is also not one of the bigger names, but he's, he's a great actor himself. I think you've got that clip, but it's just a great little conversation. You need to take a break. I've been on a break. I've had too much of no, a break. No, you need a real I break. I need to work. I need to get back to work in a kitchen. <laughs> don't, I don't care. Carl, I, I wish I never would have opened. I just should have cooked the You're going to go work for another Riva in some other restaurant? You've been miserable here as long as I've known you, Carl. That's not true. We've had a blast. Yes, we've had a blast. And now it's time for you to go. You don't belong here anymore. You know it. Come on. What's this? Who's this girl? Carl. What? Be real with me. I am. You've been ignoring a lot of things in your life that need your attention, like Percy. I'm not dad material right now. If you hadn't noticed, I'm embarrassing. He sees all the shit on the computer. Well... His friends have... Maybe it's important for you to talk to him about it then. I just... He needs you, Carl. I'm... I don't know him, okay? He's at a weird age. Why don't you take this time to get to know him, huh? I want you to be happy. You're not happy. You're never gonna be happy here. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I've never not known what I was gonna do. I've always known there's always been the next thing to do. And now that it's all ended and I'm, I'm like, I'm like... I think that's a good place to start. I love that where it gets to the end and there's so much to unpack in that. Such a great scene that I want to take it, uh, try to take it a little slower where we were to bounce off. What you were just saying is, you know, and for our listeners, I was like, you know, as we enter this new year, it's a good question to say, where are you striving? Where are you chasing? Where are you really, really white knuckling, pursuing, chasing something? But then on the flip side of that, what are you running from? You know, as you mentioned, he was, he was divorced from his ex-wife. He wasn't engaged with his son. He lived in this really crappy apartment. Food was his life and he's chasing it. And he's like, I thought I had, I thought we were having a good time here. I thought I was, he's like, no, you've, you, you need that other voice to say, you've been miserable, man. 
Do you hate it? What are you going to do? Just jump somewhere else where another dude is going to tell you what to cook? That's not what you want. That's not going to, that's not going to make you happy. It is so important for us to have those people in our life. Yeah. It's so important for us to have those people who know us and love us and want the best for us to, to, to go. This is not where you should be. Yeah. This is not the best use of your gift. This isn't who you are. And sometimes it's a wife that tells me that sometimes it's (laughs) another pastor. Sometimes it's all kind of people who look at me and say, I want the best for you. And what, what you're doing right now is not you at your best and whatever that position is, whatever that thing is. And we need people to let us know you've been miserable. And I think so many guys have a problem admitting that they're miserable, admitting that I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to work nine to five. I'm, or whatever the, the gig is, right. I'm, I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the work, you know, that's from uh, what about Bob? I'm <laughs> taking the steps. I'm doing the work, but, but we have such a hard time saying this is killing my soul. Yeah. What I'm doing right now isn't where I'm supposed to be. And that's a hard thing to admit because it's a scary thing to admit. It's scary to give up that security of the job, of the position, of the thing. And the world's idea of success sometimes, the world's idea of success is you're, you're successful. You're making money. You're doing the thing. You've got the big name or whatever the thing is like, you know, it, like it's going on in, in the movie. But for whatever, whatever the situation is for each of us, it's hard to give up that security. This is what I know. I know I can do this. I can just keep plugging along. And it's scary to say, well, what would happen if I just chucked it all and did what I wanted? And we're not saying that you should go out and quit your job or do anything (laughs) insane like that. You know, one of my, one of my good friends here, he's been a mentor to me over the last few years. And he told me when I was going through a, a internal crisis, very similar to what Carl Carl Casper. That's the problem. I was calling him Casper because he's Chef Casper, but his first name's Carl. Yeah. yeah. What Carl was going through, and he said, it's sort of like being an eagle, an eaglet in the nest. He says, at the time when it's ready to go, the mama eagle starts taking out. He she starts making the nest a little bit uncomfortable, taking out the feathers, taking out some sticks as the the baby eagle is getting ready to fly. But if you fly, try to fly too soon, you're going to land on the, you're going to end up on the cliffs at the bottom because you're not ready. Right. But if you wait too long, you're just going to get kicked out of the nest. And and it's about kind of waiting and seeing and not running from something, but running to it. And I think that's where our, where, where Carl was. He, he was like, he was afraid to, he didn't like where he was, but it wasn't enough to pursue something else. And, and he was just sort of satisfied. And what we find in life is that we, we change never happens when we're comfortable. It does the, the saying, the quote I'm trying to remember is we will only change when the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you know, I've heard it said by a lot of people, and if you read a lot of success stories, a lot of success stories begin with, I was fired from my job. Yeah. Like that's where a lot of success stories start. And I'm, again, I'm not saying you should try to go get fired on purpose necessarily, but like you're saying, sometimes God life, it, it kind of kicks you out of where you are because it's trying to set you free to really kind of 
explore what it is you're supposed to be doing. And it's not the whole part of life, but what I think is interesting about this movie is that there are people in his life, especially his wife, who knew him at a time when he was happy. Yeah. And they keep trying to push him back there. They're like, you're not happy here. You should do this. And he's like, no, 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 no. He keeps arguing with them. Like a lot of guys do. No, 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 I can't do that. I would be giving up years at this job. I mean, I'm giving up my pension. I'm giving up my thing, my security, whatever. And and then sometimes there's people who look at you and say, this is, I've wanted you to for have something like this um, because this is where you come alive. And the people who love us want to see us come alive. They do. Yeah. They want to see that. And, and I think that's why I said it's so important that, that men have that. I think the other part of that, like you said, there's so much to unpack, but the other part of that is where she points him back to his son. Just spend time with your son. And he goes, right. I'm not dad material. I'm embarrassing. I don't know him. He's at an awkward age. Like there's a list of excuses, but as we see in the movie, Percy didn't want a success, right? He didn't want a successful dad. He wanted his dad. He just wanted to be with his dad, even if it was just going shopping for ingredients or whatever it was. He just wanted to go with his dad. He just wanted to be with him. He didn't want Mr. Success. And I think so many men, and we talked about this before, they feel like a failure. That's the biggest fear for all men is to feel like a failure. And Uh, And the fear of failure. And so it's very easy for us with our kids, with our family, with the things that we're doing to feel like a failure, especially when you get fired. Right. Or when like he's in the middle of being (laughs) of the, you know, the critic given, you know, blasting him and cussing him out and making him feel like crap. And uh, he's in the middle of all that. And, and so it was very easy for him to have those excuses. But, but I think it's important for men to realize like, man, you're, as we'll see in the movie, your kids don't necessarily want Mr. Success. Yeah. They just want you. They just want time with you. And that's going to be the most transformative thing for your kids. You just give that to them. And what he, you see in the movie is, you know, he feels bad. He's like, oh, I was late. I'll make it up to him. So they go to a movie. They go to an amusement park. But what Percy says later on is like just hanging out at the house and he ends up helping him fi- get a Twitter account, which ends up being a catalyst for a lot of the, both <laughs> the mess and the the redemption story. Absolutely. But he's like, I miss this dad. I miss just hanging out, just being with you. I mean, yeah, the movie and the amusement park is great and it's fun. And I, yeah, I like it, but I like this better. Yeah. And I think that what you see is because he's felt embarrassing, felt awkward, felt uncomfortable. As we talked about with John McClane, his relationship with a son was a place he did not feel at home. He did not feel that was not his element. Good. So he was escaping the areas that weren't his element and spending all his time where he felt comfortable. But what he found was the more time he spent pursuing the area he felt comfortable, he was losing everything that basically made him him. Yeah. And I don't have this personal experience and thank God I don't at the, you know, on the one hand, but as a pastor, the one, one of the things that make most men feel the most like a failure, it is, is a divorce. Divorce is one of those things that make men feel like a real failure. Yeah. And this is a big thing. 
um, because you've been vulnerable with this one person for a lot of guys. This is the one person you said you were going to stick with. This is the one, you know, all that stuff. And for whatever reason, and when people get divorced, you know, men have a real hard time recovering from that sense of failure. And so, and that's all engaged with his kid. Right. I mean, and so, but you're, but you're right. That was a great scene when they're getting the Twitter account because, uh, Casper is arguing. He's like, Oh, we do, we do fun stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, like you said, he's, they're going, they're doing things, they're movies and, but they weren't really sharing. They weren't really spending time. They were having conversation. And when his son said, I miss yeah. that. And you see this moment of vulnerability in Casper where he says, I missed it too. And, and you see that, that, that deep longing wasn't just, to be a successful dad, but was just to be with his son too. He had that longing too. And that's kind of the one thing he's got to learn in the right. movie. And so we will move on because from that scene where, you know, Molly's talking to him and then he goes and he talks to his wife and his wife has been telling him for a while. Now you need to get a food truck. You need to cook for yourself. You need to get back to what you love. And I don't know what job she did, but it looked like a fantastic job because it involved, hey, going to Miami and going places. (laughs) But so he goes to Miami with her, and it's interesting. You know, he's there, and she basically wants him to go with her to be a nanny for Percy while she's at work. And and she said, you know, he kind of gets double teamed by the two women that he was involved with in his life. And he's at this restaurant. And there, it's this restaurant known for making Cuban sandwiches. And he's like, oh, we should wake up Percy because it's late at night. We can make him, you know, he, I don't want him to miss this. These are the best Cuban sandwiches. And his, and his ex-wife looks at him and says, your sandwiches are much better. Yeah. Yeah. These are good, but yours were always better. Yeah. And, and again, having that voice in his life and, and in our lives, it's sometimes it's really hard to find. And I, I don't want to make it sound like that's a really easy thing to do. Like, oh, just go find really <laughs> awesome people who love you. Uh, like sometimes that can be really difficult. I, I don't want to, you know, dismiss that that can be a really difficult thing. It takes time to develop those relationships. But I think it was important to your point for the story that she wasn't a desperate housewife, that she she was successful on her own. So what that tells me about her character, she's actually trying to help him for his own good. Yeah. Like she just loves him. She doesn't need his success. She doesn't need him to, to provide for her. She just loves him and she just wants what's good for him, even though they're not married anymore. And I just think that that's such a powerful part of this movie. And one of the movies, one of the reasons why it's so charming to me is that relationship that he has with his ex. And as it develops through the movie, kind of what happens with that but yeah i love that too where she's like not as good as yours um so it's it's a that's a great scene and so you know as you're as we're kind of layering this over the new year you know we said well where are you striving where are you running from who speaks into your life you know who is it that is will be able to speak god's words over you and that you can go to and again i don't know we don't know your situation we don't know who's involved but they're we know God and God will provide when the student is ready. The teacher will appear. And if so, you're, if you're ready to listen, then I'm sure that there's somebody out there who can also provide those, those words of guidance, even if it's not the person you really want to be, you know, he didn't, you know, she had been telling him for months and then trying to hook him up with the public publicist to say, to help him with his career. And he's like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want your charity. I don't want his ex-wife, her, 
ex-wife's ex-husband's charity. <laughs> and yet he finds himself, and this is played by uh, Robert Downey Jr., and, and I'm not sure what he does, He's but he gets him a food truck. And it is not pristine. No. That's why in the in the trailer he says, uh, he says, thank you. He's like, don't thank me until you've seen it. Because this food truck, it looks like it was uh, left halfway in the middle of the shift, so there's still food that's been in there for yeah. months, possibly years, gross, dirty. And Percy pops up. Cause uh, his mom had a, had work meeting and Percy, he's like, I want to help in the kitchen. I want to cook. I want to you know do the, the fun stuff. And uh, John Favreau, he's like, yeah, we got to clean man. <laughs> and there's this, the montage, the cleaning montage and of preparing it to the point where he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he splits. He's like, yeah, this is reach. I don't, I wanted to spend time with you, dad, but not this, <laughs> not this gross pan full of stuff. And you see the, the push between father and son because he, because Carl started leaning too much into the chef Carl and not dad Carl. And he's like treating him more like kitchen staff, not his son. Yeah. Uh, it's a really important turn of the movie where the movie it's about halfway through i think but the movie starts to become about the journey between with percy and and carl the chef and that's when it becomes the most beautiful story to me yeah it is just that turn because again uh, chef casper kind of resists it you know what do you mean he's he's got to stay with me i got all this work to do yeah i think a lot of guys feel that it's 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 much harder to have the kids with you while you're doing work. It just is. It's much harder to teach someone how to do work while it's just easier for you to do it by yourself. Yep. At least it feels that way. And, and when, when the movie kind of turns to he's on the journey, they're on the journey together and there's, there's discipleship that kind of happens. There's teaching, there's exchange of ideas and truth. And, and you're right. Just, you know, the, those moments of he yells at his kid. We've all yelled at our kids. Okay. We've all yelled at them because we got frustrated with them because they didn't want to do what we wanted them to do. And he just flat tells his dad, no, I'm not cleaning that. You know, that was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it, it, it's so relatable to us and such an important kind of really universal thing that's happening in the movie, that relationship between a father and a son that we all long for. We don't, again, we don't just want a dad who's successful and provides for us. I mean, that's an important thing for a father to do, but that's not really what we need. We need a father who will look at us and teach us and, and value us and dignify us and see us as valuable. And like he does with the Twitter thing where he, he, he praises him and teaches him and, gives him the chef knife, yeah. you know, gives him that knife. Like that was such a powerful part of the movie because it's literally saying, I'm trusting you with something really dangerous and important because this knife could basically take off your hand. Like this is a really amazing knife. You earned it. Like those right. sort of things from our fathers, that's what we need more than anything. And I think so many dads, again, think, well, I'm providing and I'm working hard. And don't you see all how much I love you? I'm working hard for you. And again, those things are awesome. We should work hard for our families and provide. But what our kids need from us 
is those moments where we say, you are good at this. I'm so proud of you. You earned this. And they, and we praise them. And so I, I think it's just an, an amazing uh, part. And, and so after they clean the truck, Oh, by the way, uh, what's his name? Martin, who's uh, John Leguizamo. Yeah. Uh, he, he just quits his job to come right. down and help with the food truck for no money. Um, and again, when we start to do our passion, other people get excited. Now, again, they may not quit our jobs to come help us <laughs> for but, no pay, <laughs> but, but people will get excited with us. When, when we start to come alive, we love to see people come alive unless you're just jealous of people who come alive because that right. happens too. Um, there wasn't maybe time in the movie to show the people who looked at him and said, food truck, that's the dumbest thing. You're a failure, um, which could happen. It happens to us, happens to me. But, but when, when people see us start to come alive, you start to see people join you on your journey a little bit more, or support you a little bit more and all those sort of things. Um, and so anyway, so Martin comes in and, and, and he helps get the guys uh, to come over the workers and the dock or not the dock, but the warehouse to come over yeah. and help get the oven and the, and the equipment into the truck. Cause they had to get some new equipment for the truck and he promises them sandwiches. And so when they finally get the, they cook it and it's just some great, there's some great food scenes in this. I'm sorry. It's just, it's like a sports movie. If you like sports, you know, there's a sports movie and there's some great scenes. You love that stuff. And it's like the same thing with the food. There's just some very well directed food scenes. You're going to be hungry after this. You're no gonna matter be. What. <laughs> um, and so, so they start making sandwiches after it passes their test as chefs. Yep. And then they start making sandwiches and there's, and there's a moment where they teach Percy how to do part of it. And, and you, you know, for the Cubanos, you, you have to kind of put it in this, um, it's not a George Foreman grill, but it's kind of this like toaster <laughs> thing where you, you, you put the lever down and toast it and, and he burns one, you know, because he's a kid Yeah, and, and he was just going to give it anyway because it was free. Yeah. It's free to them. What does it matter? And, and that is such an, is such an important father son moment where he pulls the son off of the truck and, and has a, a great conversation with him. Slow down for a second. Is this boring to you? No, I like it. Yeah. Well, I love it. Everything that's good that's happened to me in my life came because of that. I might not do everything great in my life. Okay. I'm not perfect. I'm not the best husband and I'm sorry if I wasn't the best father but I'm good at this. And I want to share this with you. I want to teach you what I learned. I get to touch people's lives with what I do. And it keeps me going and I love it. And I think if you give it a shot, you might love it too. Yes, chef. Now, should we have served that sandwich? No, chef. That's my son, get back in there. We got some hungry people. He's ready to cook. I love how he's saying no chef, but there's still that, that affection between them. And the other piece that he's, I mean, we're, I want to, I'm almost working my way backwards when he says, you know, I change people's lives. Like I do this because I, I, I do things to people. And I remember I took this, uh, I did these little webinar sessions for podcasting and they did one on, and this guy was talking about the importance of music and a lot of the podcasts that, you listen to, you know, especially if there's sort of a narrative, they'll have background music and they'll go along and talk about the importance of music. And 
at the very end, he threw out this line almost nonchalantly, but I was like, wow, this is, this is exactly right. It's like, you're changing people's lives. Go all the way, do it right. And that's the, that's what he was doing there. He's like, yeah, he's changing people's lives through food, which seems like, you know, oh, you know, a little bit of self-glorification, but at the same time, when you know, he says, I'm not good at a lot of things. He's like, I may not have been a good husband. Yeah. I, and I love that. He says he uses the past tense. I may not have been a good father because to me that indicates the past is the past. I may not have been a good father, but I'm trying now I'm engaged now. I'm working on it now, but I'm good at this. This is how God created me to change people's lives. Yeah. When he says, do you like this? I love this. And I want to share this with you. You know, uh, for some people listening to this, you may have had a crappy father. Like a lot of people have crappy dads or they they didn't have a great relationship with their dads. And we all longed for that relationship. You know, if, if we didn't have a great relationship with our dad growing up, it's something that we longed for. And obviously in Christ and through Christ, we can have a relationship with the best father ever Mm -hmm. with God himself. And that doesn't always take away the pain, obviously of, of not having our physical father um, being around or, or a man, an older man who takes interest in us and mentors us and, and is a father type figure. But, but as we look at this, the, the fact that his dad says, this is something that I love and I want to share this with you. Yeah. That's an incredibly intimate moment. That's a very intimate moment. And, and for men to do that is, is very important for people to understand that this is part of a man's framework and makeup. We connect as men over things that are external to us. I am more than comfortable sitting in the kitchen with a bunch of women and just talking about our feelings. I can do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weird dude. But most guys will talk about movies or they'll talk about sports or they'll talk about cars or they'll talk about food or they'll use something else to connect. They'll use something outside of themselves to connect and, and begin to show vulnerability and what's important to them. And that's, and that's something that this father and son begins to do. He, he says, this is important to me. And just to get spiritual, this is what our father in heaven does with us. Yeah. He says, the kingdom is important to me. The salvation of others is important to me. Redemption of all things is important to me. I want to share that with you. And that's a beautiful thing to me. It's a beautiful reality that we have a father in heaven who isn't just saying, well, I'll save you and just kind of put you to the side and go save somebody else. Like he's saying, I'm not just saving you, but you're going to be born again from me. And, and, and I, and this, these are the things that are important to me and I want to share them with you. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it's dangerous, but I want to share this with you. Sometimes it takes cleaning out the crappy, you know, pan, <laughs> but as a metaphor, uh, but, but I want to share this with you. And, and that's the father that I know. That's the God that I know is, is that it, it doesn't matter how much I failed. God says, I just want to share this with you. This is important to me. And I want to share that with you, but, uh, and that just kicks off just a great, a great time, a great journey with 
uh, with Percy being there with Casper and Martin, by the way, I, I think it's important. There's another dude there too. Yeah. And, and I think we have this idea sometimes in, in our modern culture that kids need other kids and kids want to be with other kids and they want to, they need to have friends. And, and I'm not saying they don't, but man, kids need intimate and very powerful and strong, encouraging relationships with adults. Kids can't have too many adults that love them. They just can't. Yeah. And, and we can make fun of the, it takes a village, but it's just true. <laughs> right. You know, it takes, it takes a community. If you want to not be Hillary Clinton or whatever, she, she kind of appropriated that from an African proverb, but like, if you, you just, it takes a community to raise a kid. And, and, and I, I, I put my son and my daughters around people who love Jesus, who are not like me, right? but I know they love Jesus and I know they're going to love my kids. And the fact that they have different examples of what is good and right um, is important to me. And so, uh, so I think Martin being on the road is a big part of that. And then that leads to one of the funniest scenes in the movie, which is in there in the middle of driving. And I guess they're still in Miami because he's talking about how humid it is. And he starts putting cornstarch down his Well, pants. they're going to New Orleans. They're heading from, you know, driving from Miami. They're driving back to LA, but they're driving through. And I just, my, my family lives in Texas and, but we'll vacation in kind of in the Gulf coast around Florida, Bama, the Florida, Florida, Alabama state line there. We've gone many times. <laughs> so they have to, fl- they have to drive from, basically from New Orleans or from Houston to towards New Orleans. And this stretch of road is absolutely miserable. You're because you're over water and there's two lanes. Traffic's always horrible. And yeah, it's always, it's always, always humid. What are you doing? Dude, I'm putting a little cornstarch on my huevos, man. It's too humid down here. What? I'm putting cornstarch on his balls. You putting cornstarch on your balls? Yes, sir. Let me get some. Want some? Here. It's like baby powder. Pull on your nuts. It's nice, right? Nice. What's good is in the morning, you could dip your nuts in oil and make hush puppies. <laughs> that is, and we had to include it because one, it's just so funny. Their, their reaction, the kid's reaction is like, dad, 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 Martin's putting cornstarch on his balls. He's like, really? Like you're, you, he's almost expecting dad to be like, what, what's wrong with you? And he's like, yeah, give me some. Yep. And it's this, this idea of the masculine initiation being invited to participate. And it started, it started with the knife um, it talked about, you know, the cleaning he was and it, and it really bestowed the knife on Percy. He said, you know, this is dangerous, but a chef's knife is not part of the kitchen. It is his personal property. And if you take care of it, it will be the best thing. It's your best tool. It's your, it's your thing. It'll last you forever. Yeah. And you get, he got allowed to taste the beer and it, it was great. He's like, yeah, kitchen staff doesn't have an age. Yeah, your kitchen staff. There's no age. You're just general. And he's welcomed into the brotherhood. You know, he's working alongside of them. He's sweating alongside of them. And he's also doing what he knows how to do. Because not only is he sort of grilling the sandwiches and and doing that as best as he can, 
working beside two men who love what they're doing, but he's also provided, he's, he's on Twitter. He's on Vine. He's doing all these. Vine doesn't exist, I don't think, anymore. It got taken over yep. by TikTok, or TikTok's the new big thing these days. But he is responsible for the crowds that are there when he shows up because he's like, hey, at Chef Casper, we're going to be in New Orleans. Hey, we're at South Beach. Hey, we're in Austin. And there'd be lines of people showing up, and they just were there to see you know, New Orleans. And he's like, I guess we better start cooking. <laughs> because he's and, and he's being ushered into the 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 brotherhood of masculinity. Absolutely. The, if you've ever been around guys in a locker room, you know, that scene. And just let me say one thing about the movie. There's a lot of cussing, especially in the first half of the movie. If you can find this, if, if that bothers you, you know, you can maybe find it on vid angel or some, one of those that maybe cut some of that out. It's probably hard to find on like network TV. Cause it's kind of an indie movie. Yeah. Uh, but if you know anything about the food service industry, they cuss a lot. I mean, it, it's just the way it is. And so it, these guys aren't Christians who made the movie. So that's just what, you know, they put it in there. But if, if you've ever been in a locker room or if you've ever been around guys or just for long periods of time, someone's going to fart or something's going to happen and, and it's going to be funny and somebody's going to be doing something disgusting or, and it's such an important scene, even though my daughters, when we were watching it yesterday, my daughters were looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I'm laughing. And I'm like, this is, this is what dudes do. This is what men do. They stuff like this comes up and they're like, and they talk about it. And, but, but it's also part of the, like you said, the initiation It's part of feeling like you belong. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine who has four boys between the ages of like eight and 15 and his neighbor has three girls who are all uh, trend true a little on the younger side. And he said a, a couple months ago, he had to have a conversation because one of his boys kept talking about, oh, they hit me in my ball sack. <laughs> but for boys, you sort of understand. And I was like, that was one of those really conversations. You're, you're looking at your son. You're like, really? Come on, show a little class. And you're looking at these other guys like, really? He's like nine years old. You're going to make a big deal out of this. It's like, really, 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 really? It's, as you mentioned, it's not a big deal. You get some guys together. They're going to talk about how to take care of their nuts. <laughs> they're going to make fart jokes. They're going to make poop jokes. They're going to make pee jokes. They're going to make all kinds of jokes. Right. And, and it's, and guess what? Even pastors do it. I, I, I hate to shatter anyone's misconceptions about pastors, but pastors do it too with the right guys. I mean, they may not do it with, you know, everybody around, but in, in, in a, in a situation where they feel comfortable to be themselves they will do that. They'll talk about, they'll make stupid jokes. They'll, and, and we never get that far from middle school humor as, as men. I, I, it's just the way it is. I, I don't think it's horrible. Um, as long as we can be responsible and not, you know, and do the things we need to do. Right. But, but we never get very far <laughs> from middle school humor. Right. Right. You you always enjoy seeing somebody get hit with All a right. golf ball or a football yeah. right in the crotch. That's half of America's funny home <laughs> videos, right? Half of America's funny home videos is they start with a you know a toddler with a bat and his dad behind him, and you know where this is going. You know where this is yeah. going. That, that right in the huevos. Yeah, right in the huevos. That was awesome. But uh, but at this but that's part of the journey, and 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 then as the journey goes, and, and they get to uh, New Orleans. And his dad was like, you know, hey, Martin, you got this. I'm going to, we're going to go down to the French Quarter for a bit. 
and, and they're hanging out. And by the way, culture is a big part of this movie because food is such a big part of culture. Culture is a big part of this movie. Mm, Miami yeah. culture, you've got um, New Orleans culture. They go to, um, they go to Austin and you got, they're playing blues music and there's, mm. so there's music and food. Just culture is such a powerful part of this film. So they go to the French quarter and they're hanging out and he's showing his, his kids stuff. And, and Percy's like, well, you know, where do we, where are we going shopping? What do we got to do? And he goes, we don't got to do anything. I just wanted to spend time with you. And that moment is so important. He was like, I, I just wanted yeah. to share this with you. I just wanted to show you that you'll never taste anything like this. You'll never experience anything like this. You know, you'll never have your first beignet yeah, again. Yeah. And, and, and I want to be there when you have it. Yeah. And, and, and that's such a powerful, important dad moment. Um, I, again, some people may not have their fathers or may not have had good fathers, you know, the ones that are still around, but your father in heaven feels that way about you. Yeah. He's like, you'll never experience this again. I just want to do it with you. And, and I think that's something we miss about God so often is that he literally is just happy we're with him. He's lit. That's literally the whole point of sending <laughs> Jesus right. is that is to reconcile all of creation back to himself, back to the father. And Jesus talked about two things more than anything else. When he was on earth, he talked about the kingdom of God and the love of the father. And when he taught him to pray, he, he taught him to pray our father who are like, it's all about reconcil reconciliation back to the father. No one comes to the father, but through me, it's all about him wanting to be with us because we weren't right. There was separation. There was sin and death that had separated us. And so we can get theological about it, but just for an emotional truth of God, that's who he is. And that's what we, I just love that theme in this movie is that, that, that that's part of what they're learning. Uh, and, and I think Percy knows it already. So Percy is the child. Percy is the redeeming child. You don't have to know this about story. Uh, it's kind of an academic term, but Percy is the redeeming child. And Jesus said, unless you, you know, unless you become an old fuddy duddy, you can't <laughs> enter the kingdom of heaven. No, he, no. He says, unless you become like a child again, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And that doesn't mean being childish, right? That doesn't mean you're silly necessarily, although there were silly moments right. in the movie, but that means unless you have that, that core emotional reality of awe and wonder and being childlike and, and, and your creativity, children are creative and they, you know, they have value just being children. Let the children come to me mm -hmm. there for such is the kingdom. That's the kingdom right there. And, and sometimes we have to realize that. And so as so he knew that, but he had to help his dad learn that he had to help his dad learn what it meant to just be a, be a, a person who was living and loving life. And so we, we kind of see these moments and, and like you already mentioned how his gift, he gets to use his gift. Percy gets to use his gift and his dad sees in his son something of value. Mm -hmm. I remember one time, you know, you know, they do, um, what do they call them? Like when, when someone's going to have a baby, they do baby showers. Right. And they're always for women. <laughs> yeah. And I, when, and when my brother was having um, one of his kids, I think his first one, I put together a, a man's baby shower. So we watched a dumb movie and we ate pizza and drank soda. And then, but at the end I invited my dad and um, my father-in-law 
Uh, I was married at the time and I, I invited older men that I knew. And at the end, I, I ended up saying, I, I asked them, what's something that you learned from having kids? What's something that you, what's, what's a piece of advice or something? And I remember I, I didn't have kids yet. And my, my dad, so I'm sitting there with my dad when he says this, he says, he says, I didn't realize how much I was going to learn from my kids, how much they were going to teach me. And you can imagine me being in my twenties and hearing my father say that, right? What, a, what a, an amazing moment that was for me, but just, just the fact that he was able to use his gift um, and that he, and that his dad found value in that it's, it's, Again, our father in heaven does that, but, and we need to, we need to have that with other men in our lives, with other, with older men, with, with men who are our mentors, hopefully with our, our biological dad, that's the ideal. But even if, even if not, the Bible says God puts the lonely in families and, and hopefully we can find that in the church. Uh, that's in the psalm somewhere. I, I, I couldn't tell you uh, exactly where, <laughs> but, but he says, he says, God puts the lonely in families. And so, uh, so anyway, I, I just love that whole part of the movie, that, that whole journey that they're on together. Uh, and then it kind of ends up, you know, uh, where we get to the end and the things that have to happen there. Yeah. So there's this uh, scene in Austin. That's sort of the last big stop before they get back to LA and they're sitting on the roof and, and Carl's talking to Percy. He says, you know, when we get back, we're, life's going back to normal. You're going back to school. I'm going back to work. It's going to be more of the routine stuff. And it's, they're both sad at the loss of the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, the closeness of the relationship, the camaraderie, that's the word I'm looking for. And, and they're because it, 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 while it's work, it's also joy for them. It, it's both. And so they get back and they, this, the Percy had made this, this video, he called it one second videos every day. He'd take a one second video and then he'd street, he'd seam them all together. So it was one longer video. So it's their entire trip in one second bursts of video. And he looks at that and he realizes he's like, I'm not ready to give this up. So he calls and he's like, let me talk to Percy. And he says, Hey, you know, you got to keep your grades up. We can do it after school. We can do it on the weekends. And he's just like, yes, yes, yes. You know, cause it's not just, it's not the work, right? It's the spending time with his dad doing stuff that he loves and just being in his presence with regular life. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking that moment where he's like, things are going to, he tells Percy things are going to go, things are going to go back to normal. Yeah. And Percy says, I don't want to go back to normal. Right. I don't want that lie. Normal kind of sucked. <laughs> and, and we haven't been talking about this, but you know, through the movie, when, when Percy sees his parents together and they're dancing at, at his grandfather's, you know, club in Miami and there's different things, yeah. you see this joy come on Percy's face. Right. I mean, obviously he's going to long like anybody would for their parents to get back together. So he's like, I don't want that life. I don't want to go back to that. And you know, Casper's like, look, you know, we're, I'm going to be busy with the truck. I'm going to be busy with this. And he, you know, all very sensible reasons. And, and it's such a heartbreaking scene. And if we know anything about story, it can't be a good story if it just goes back to the way it was. Right. Like that's, that's not a good story. <laughs> the hero's journey doesn't right? return to normal. <laughs> that's not the last step. And so, so you're right. He watches the video calls Percy and he says something very important. He says, I really 
need your help on the truck. That what changed was it was that he wanted to be with him, but it was also to value his his input and to value him. You know, you know, sometimes sometimes I tell my kids I love you or, or this has been a while, but there's there's there there was a time once when I said, I'm really proud of you to my son. And he said, Why? He wanted to know why. Sometimes we can't see our own value. Sometimes we can't see what we were good at, you know. Yeah. And so he needed to hear not just I'm proud of you, which he needed to hear that, but he also needed to hear why. Why are you proud of me? What have I done? Because like my son, like most of us feel like we are just failures through most, most things we do. Right. And so he needed to hear that, you know, Percy needed to hear, I need your help. Um, and so anyway, uh, it's a great scene. And I think that the, the reason like in that video, he said, my son saw who I am. And conversely, I see who my son is and that the importance of seeing others and being seen by others is at the same time terrifying and the most uh, wholesome thing that you could ever imagine. And going back to, we have a father who sees us. He knows us deeper than we know ourselves. And for us to see father, see God as father and to know that he sees us and is not disappointed, is not let down, is not, you know, why can't you be better? Why can't you work harder? Why can't it's none of that. He's just like, I just want you to work with me in the truck. Right. And we get invited along for the ride. (laughs) Yeah. You know, even Jesus needed to hear this Mm. after Jesus was baptized before he did a lick of ministry before he did one miracle, at least that we know of, his father said, this is my son and I'm so pleased with him. Before anything happened, and I think it's so important that we realize that before we do anything, God's already happy with us. He's already happy that, that we're, we are his children. He's already happy. And I think that's so important because I think so often, like Carl Casper, we feel like we have to earn that. We feel like we have to earn that sort of love of just wanting to be with each other. But that's where it starts with God. We're already successful in God's eyes if we're just with him. Right. That's already good to him. Now he does have things for us to do. He does have purposes and create creative things for us to do, but it's got to start there. It's got to, just like it did with Jesus. Um, it had to, it had to start with, this is my son. I'm really happy. He's my kid. And, and you see that when he watches the video in the movie, you know, he's so happy that this is his son, yeah. you know, um, it's beautiful. And so they get back and they're killing it. And then, uh, Oliver Platt, the reviewer, I can't remember his name. Uh, he shows up at Michelle, something, Michelle. Yeah, he shows up at the food truck and he wants to talk to, uh, Carl and he actually goes out. And has this conversation with him that that pretty much puts a bow on the movie. What exactly are you doing here? I'm uh, eating the food. I'm eating your food. I thought my food was needy and cloying. Well, I, I didn't think you'd want to serve me, so I sent somebody else to pick it up. What happened between us, that really knocked me for a loop. I mean, you robbed me of my pride, of my career, my dignity. 
And I know people like you, you, you don't usually care about that kind of thing. It's not necessarily true. But you should know, it hurts people like me. Because we're really trying. You started a flame war with me. Are you kidding me? I buy Hank by the barrel, buddy. What are you doing picking a fight with me? I wouldn't challenge you to a cook-off. I thought I was sending you a private message. I didn't know that. I thought we were having fun. It was theater. By the way, what the f were you cooking? You totally the bed, buddy. How could I back that? You were one of my early boys. I had no control over the menu. Whatever the case, okay? You seem to be cooking for yourself again. Because this is sensational. I mean really, really good. Thank you. I'm not going to write about it. I understand. Because I'd like to back you. Excuse me? I want to bankroll you, and I can't write about anything I have a vested interest in. I'm not sure I get what's going on here. I sold my website for a whole lot of money, and I've just put in a bid in a place on Rose. It's zoned, it's permitted. You could build it out however you like, and you can cook whatever you like. Take your time, think about it. I wouldn't blame you for having a few trust issues, but I just thought that, you know, you and me burying the hatchet might be a good story. Reservations out the door. More importantly, you know, you just cook your ass off in there. In the meantime, you just tweet me wherever you are and I'll come running. Because it's good. All right? And I love that, that conversation. And this guy, he came in. I love that. You were one of my early boys. Yeah. It's like, I'm your fan, and you went off the rails. Like, that gar that food was garbage. And he's like, well, I didn't have control over the menu. Excuses. He's like, whatever. Like, you could have done better, and you know it, and I know it, because what you're doing now is amazing. Yeah, and it goes back to what I said before about because he was cooking or doing what he was doing from love and passion. Yeah. That other people get inspired. That's what inspires people. When you do what you do out of love and, and passion, you know, you know, the Bible says something and it's just hard for us in America. It says, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Do it, do it as if he's the one you're doing it for. Yeah. And that seems very mystical and metaphysical to us. And it's very hard because the boss might chew us out or we're not getting paid as much as we should or whatever. There's all kinds of things. But, but you're right. It's something that was mentioned earlier in the movie, which was that Michelle, the, the reviewer, the critic, he was a huge fan of his. And that's why he's, he was so disappointed at the, at the junk, at the pedestrian meal that he had yeah. that might have been a hit to everybody else. But to him, he wanted to be inspired. He knew who he could be. He knew who he could be. And, and then at the end, he said, like, I, I believe in you so much. And what you're doing now that I'm willing to, I'm willing to just let you do whatever you want. And I'll just, I'll own the business and, you know, I'll give you the money to start it and we'll just make hand over fist together, you know? And then it does get to the last scene, which is a party. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang oh, on. Oh, I'm sorry. I went ahead. No, it's fine. The, I just, I don't, I didn't want to miss that part where he said where he was real with him. Like these are two guys who got real. Yeah, good. They weren't hiding. They weren't posing. He said, what happened hurt my pride, hurt my career. It hurt everything. And yet that moment had to happen. Like he does not become food truck guy, <laughs> you know, unless that, you know, disruptive event happened. You know, you mentioned, you know, these, the great, 
kind of CEOs of the world who said, you know, yeah, I got fired from this job and it was the best thing that ever happened. You know, we all have those moments where, you know, everything went sideways. It could have been a job. It could have been a relationship and, and it could, you can either look back on it and just as he did, you know, originally he was just trying to find another job in a restaurant. It's like, you're not going to be happy there. It's just going to be the same situation, just with a different setting. But if we take those, what we see as setbacks, understand that God is ultimately in control and saying, okay, what am, what do you want me to do with this? What do you, what, what, you know, as we go into 2021, what is the expectations? Where are you inviting me? Because they, we've had a lot of disappointments in 2020. Yep. There's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of suffering and anxiety and fear and frustration and anger and all sorts of, you know, the opposite ends of the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> right. And, and so it's important for us to say, okay, this happened. It was real. It, it hurt my pride. It hurt my career. This, you know, I, I'm sad that we lost this, but I trust God that you have a better plan for me than I have for myself. What is your plan and what is that step I can take towards moving towards you? And when we open ourselves, when we let go of that, no life needs to look like how I think it should to we're chasing, chasing the reviews. Good of others. Like it was only when he stopped chasing the reviews and started following his gifting and his calling that real success happened. And then that took us to the final scene um, because what ends up happening is Carl and Inez, the, the mom got back together. They got remarried. And so the fact that this movie ended in a wedding feast is the ultimate ending for our story. I, I totally agree. I, I, it ends in a party. It ends in, uh, reconciliation of his community. Uh, you know, the grandfather, his father-in-law, his father-in-law's there playing music in, in, in the Cabano restaurant. But I think it's important to note that along the way, he was, he was passionate, but, and, but as people joined him, he lists, he started to listen at first. He didn't. Right. At, at first he felt stuck. Uh, with the Dustin Hoffman character, Reva or whatever his name was. Yeah. And he felt stuck. He felt like the shoulds and, but he started to become humble enough to listen. And, and I think sometimes that's why God has to do that. You know, get fired from a job, something, you know, what we think awful happens and it's, it's hard to find the opportunity in it, but, but it's in those moments where we're, we're finally kind of desperate enough and humbled enough to go, okay, God, what do you want? I, I don't have any other options. I, I, I'm totally right. <laughs> clueless here. And like we said at the beginning, I'm lost. And she says, I think that's a great place to start. You're being honest for the first yeah. time. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> exactly. You're, you're being honest. That's a great place to start. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? And, and that's when God says, okay, now I can work with that. I can work with somebody yeah. who doesn't know what to do because now I can, now I can move you into a place where, where you will find real joy. And it may not be a better job in the sense of more money and more position. Right. It may be something different, but I think for the movie, it has to end on that note because when he starts to listen, uh, I, I mean, I love the stuff along the journey when, when, you know, they go to the barbecue place and, and they're tasting it. And 
and Percy has an idea. Let's do sliders. Okay, let's do sliders. Like, they, you know, you know, they're brainstorming. And, and, if, and if you've ever been a part of those conversations, we love to be part of those conversations where we're talking ideas, we're talking about possibilities, we're talking about what could happen. That's so much more life-giving than I guess I have to. I guess my life, I guess, I guess I'll just do what I'm always doing. I got to figure this out on my own. And again, sometimes you are just called to keep going. Sometimes we go to God and God's like, just stay where you are. Yeah. This is where I want you. But for the movie's sake, after finding his passion again, being content and happy again, and what he was called to do, his whole community becomes reconciled, Mm. not just with his son, but with his, with his wife as well. So like I said, in the beginning, he was chasing this other idea of success and lost his wife. His wife remembered when he was happy in Miami, but that led to this other opportunity that he took because he thought he had to and all this stuff. She remembered that guy, but he wasn't that guy anymore. And she wanted, she loved him and she kept trying to get him back to that. I, I just want you back to that guy. You know, there's, there's a great scene in, um, guess who's coming to dinner? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever do that movie, but, um, but there's a great scene in guess who's coming to dinner. And if you don't know, the movie is, um, you know, a young white girl brings a, a black man, Cindy played by Sydney Poitier. It's a beautiful movie, brings him home. We're going to get married. It's going to happen tomorrow. And you know, it's in the sixties. So there's all those racial ideas and the parents are liberals, but now they're thrown into like, what do we really believe? And, Spencer Tracy and Audrey Hepburn are just amazing actors. And there's a scene where they go out for ice cream to kind of just kind of decompress. And at one point, Audrey Hepburn, the Audrey Hepburn's character, you know, they're, she's married to Spencer Tracy. And she says, do you remember back when he, we had no money, we were fighting for everything and every day was a struggle. You remember that time? And he was like, Oh, you know, he's rolling his eyes. Yeah. She goes, I miss those days because I felt like we were doing something important. Like, like she missed that guy. She missed that guy who was going to fight for what was right and was willing to risk it all and all those sort of things. And, um, and that's kind of what you see here is that he's finally back to that place. And, and his ex-wife is, is now in the food truck, right? She's now in the food truck. I don't know what her job was, but she didn't need to be in the food truck, but she's happy and she's in the food truck. Now she's with him. Um, even before you kind of see whatever that wedding feast ceremony is at the, at the end. Anyway, so his whole, because food is such a communal thing, I think it's very symbolic and it wouldn't surprise me if Favreau did this on purpose is that the end is a reconciliation of his community of, of, of just seeing his community come back together again. Uh, and these people, all who loved him, all who fought for him uh, coming back and just enjoy and celebrating. I don't think we celebrate enough. I know we just got through Christmas, but, but I see it in my job and, and, and even as Christians and with church and um, it's connected to what I was saying earlier, it's so important to celebrate little things, to celebrate. I did this and just to celebrate. Okay, let's celebrate it. What are we going to do? Well, let's have a piece of chocolate. I mean, I don't care for something little like celebrate these things and life because wins Wins don't come often, and I think it's important to remember them and celebrate them. It's really easy to remember our failures. I think as humans, we just, we love to think about those things. Right. We love to just dwell on that. Um, but I think it's important to remember our wins, and, and that's something that my wife does for me. 
Uh, and I, I know that's not every marriage, but uh, something that I love about my wife is when I'm feeling down, I'm feeling discouraged. She has a list of things she tells me. Look what you did here. Look what you did here. Look what you've done here. Look where you've come. Look how far you've come. Like she's got a list of things she can tell me. And I have the same thing for her when she's feeling like over, overrun and overwrought. And I do the same thing for her. I'm like, you are so good at this. Look what you've done. And, and, and we, we celebrate the wins and, uh, and, and we could do better. Uh, but I just think, anyway, I, I just think that was a really cool part of the movie. It seems like a happy ever after kind of moment which some people might think was cheesy, but I think it was actually important for the, as a, as a kind of final redemption for his character. Well, and I think too, it's, it's a reminder of what are we doing all this for these, these crisis moments happen and they happen throughout the Bible. Jacob, Esau is trying to kill Jacob. So he has to run. You know, Moses has to run. Joseph gets sold into slavery. Uh, David has to hide in the caves. Jesus dies. <laughs> and, you know, it, it talks about for the joy set before him endured the cross. And we have to remember the joy, of, not just in front of us, but behind us as well. Good. I think is, is what that calling it. Because what are we doing it for? What is our life for? And we talked about the, the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. And there's this, uh, there's a line in this book. It's, it's in the Dresden files, which is like 18 novels. Oh, yeah. And it's about this, this wizard in Chicago, but he's fighting the bad guys. And he's like, and he's talking to the, the council of wizards. And he's like, we just need some help. And they look at him as like, wizard Dresden, you are the help. Right. Yeah. And I think when we look at it, we're like, man, this world just needs something. And it's like, God, why aren't you here? Why aren't you? It's like, no, I did. You are the help. You are the help. Amen. You are the invasion of the kingdom of the armies yep. of God. You are heaven coming to earth. And it's through you that God's going to work. And it's through you that God brings the restoration. And it's not all going to be, you know, happy days and celebrations. And there's going to be days that we we lose our job and we get upset and we, we get a divorce or we get all kinds of stuff that we don't want to happen to actually happen. But all that is doing is preparing us. It's, I had a conversation with my youngest this week about being refined and refining is where you heat it, you heat the gold up enough to melt the gold, but not all the other stuff so that you can clean out the, the dirt and the impurities and the junk. So what's left is better gold higher quality gold and we don't we don't want the fire we don't want the the heat um but it is it, god uses that but i think it, that when we're, we're in that when we're in those moments of crisis that it's important to remember the joy the the what are we doing this for and it can't be some amorphous kingdom Good. it has to be personal Good. it has to be yeah. real uh, and that's where the, the the importance of the relationship and the brotherhood and the unity and community come Amen. into play. I agree. So we thank you for joining us this week as uh, we talked about Chef. Go see it, man. Go see it. And uh, it's free. It's on Netflix. You've got no excuse. There's no, you know, you don't need to watch Tiger King or, or Queen's Gambit may be okay. I haven't that's watched it. That's pretty good. Go watch Chef. It's two hours. You won't regret it. And you've, you'll want to make something good afterwards. Yeah. 
if if, if you watch it hungry, you'll you'll want to make a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, <laughs> by the way, we didn't talk about the grilled cheese sandwich scene, oh, yeah. but that is one of the best scenes. I mean, everybody loves that scene. It's just watching him. It's my brother's favorite scene was the grilled cheese, which sandwich. just means he's a brilliant filmmaker. Like like if you if you had told me beforehand, there's a scene where he makes the grilled cheese sandwich, and like that's the first thing you told me about in a movie, I would be like, that sounds dumb. But but he makes it beautiful, and he makes it so. <laughs> It makes it so great. Anyway, it's great. It's a great movie. Definitely see it. Go watch the movie. And then when you're done, listen to this again and see, oh yeah, that's what they were talking about. And then make sure you join us next week here on the uh, Men of the Movies podcast. 